is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire I went down, 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 and the flames went higher, and it burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. The taste of love is sweet, when hearts like ours meet. I fell for you like a child. But the fire went wild I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire And it burns, burns, burns Hey there, everybody. Welcome to FireSafe Mendocino. Please keep tuning in to KZYX. We've had a little bit of internet stuff. How you doing there, Scott Craddy? I'm working on trying to give a call to our host, our guest here. So Yeah, hang you're on live on the radio. And so we've got our intrepid host of FireSafe Mendocino here. My name's Cobb. I'm engineering in the studio, backed up. Of course, as always, by Rich Culberson, our intrepid operator at the station at all times. And he's here working for you, the people, especially because of these moments where we are figuring out the what's what, why the copper lines crossed somewhere along the line. And it's interesting because this is part of what fire safety is all about. Wouldn't you say, Scott, is being dynamic in difficult situations, huh? Well, having said that, you can tell out there, folks, that we are still figuring a few things out. Uh, meanwhile, this show, if you're just tuning in to KZYX, is all about the fire safe councils that have been in, uh, coming together over the last year or so in Mendocino County. Uh, we have been working together as local communities to get a foothold on how we respond to wildfire disasters. Uh, the county itself has stepped up and funded a few projects. 
over the last year or so, uh, which has allowed them to get a good, consistent director going on. Our guest and host, Scott Craddy, are you there? We are good to go now. Excellent. It's a bit of an adventure, but we're here. All right. Yeah, and we have George Gonzalez here as well. Are you there, George? Good morning. Good morning, yep. sir. Thank you for joining us and bearing with us while we figured out a few of these little blips and blops. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm guessing just uh, before we even get it, uh, into the depths, you probably deal with all sorts of different communications hangups, uh, being part of CAL FIRE, ongoing with these fire developments. Yes, sir. If, if that was actual uh, educational course in college, I think I'd have my master's degree in it. Yeah, I've personally <laughs> experienced it. It's amazing the kind of radio savvy work out there amongst CAL FIRE, especially when they set up these uh, incidents in order to address large-scale fires that happen all over in the state. Can you even just speak to that for just a moment before we get into a proper introduction? I would be doing it a um, significant uh, understating, but our radio techs, our communications operators, um have the highest mechanical amplitude when it comes to radios and being able to patch frequencies to different frequencies. Now with our fires being so large, they span over multiple counties and hundreds and hundreds of miles. And they're able to patch communications wirelessly, temporary repairs within a, a few hours of arriving to an incident. It is completely amazing and I'm very thankful to them. Um, because as we all know, California is so diverse. It's not a nice flat golf course, if you will. There's mountainous terrains, gullies, and drainages, which makes communications almost impossible, but they do it extremely well. Yeah, okay. And with that, um, our host, Director Scott Craddy, can you, can you kind of kick us off to a proper beginning here then today? Yeah, we'll, we'll go back to the script. And I'm actually going to cut my long and stirring intro short since we're already 15 minutes in and cut to that, um, you know, over the last decade, uh, wildfire has become a central concern for, I think, each and every one of us. And I know for me, uh, when I look up and see a puff of smoke in the sky, one of the first things I think is, I sure hope Cal Fire is on it. Um, and I think that's true for a lot of us. Uh, CAL FIRE is the Department of Forestry and Fire and serves and safeguards the people and protects the property and resources of California, which, as all of you who have a pulse out there know, uh, is has become a, a colossal job. So um, I want to welcome George Gonzalez. He is Mendocino Unit Chief for CAL FIRE. I want to start off by thanking him and his entire crew for all they've done to keep us whole in these very challenging times. Um, and with that, I want to turn it over to Chief Gonzalez to give a little intro and uh, to, to what uh, his job is and to also uh, tell us a little bit about what, uh, what, keeps him, what keeps him coming back and doing it. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, uh, Mendocino County. Thank you for the invite. Uh, my name is George Gonzalez. I started in the fire service in 1990. I started with CDF in 1993. Um, I've gone through the ranks from uh, firefighter all the way through my current position as uh, CAL FIRE Unit Chief here in Mendocino County. Uh, over the past several years, uh, the motivation has slightly changed, but at the very end of the day, it's the gratification for uh, seeing 
a job well done and seeing it carried through the entire process. Uh, within the past few years, we've seen the fire intensities in California change. We've seen the, the rates of fire spread change, and they've all increased. But at the end of the day, um, the motivation is to protect the people of California and their properties. And I think at the very end of the day, that's what everybody has signed up for, whether they acknowledge it or realize it or not. Great. Thanks. Um, so I just want to sort of just lay the groundwork for people and give a sense of what the span of the Mendocino unit is. And um, it is huge. I mean, off the top of my head, and I'm going to hope you can elaborate on these things, but I think, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, you've got like six geographic battalions, you've got a training battalion, uh, there's a command center, there is dispatch not only for you, but for other emergency services that all get coordinated through there. Uh, including air dispatch, hazmat dispatch. Uh, there's Jackson State Demonstration Forest that's part of what you do, which is the largest demonstration forest in the state. A couple of correction camps. There's geology units and archaeology units. Um, so it's, it's just a huge... And can you kind of paint a picture for, for what all is, is, you know, what, what all is in the unit that, that you're keeping charge of? Scott, you're hired. Um, it's a little bit of everything here in Mendocino. We are probably one of the more fortunate units, um, as long as being one of the most diverse units. We have all aspects of um, research and development under Jackson Demonstration Forest, uh, which is the largest Cal Fire State-owned forest of almost 50,000 acres. We have projects there spanning um, from the 50s and 70s that are still ongoing uh, under research and development. We do have six geographical battalion chiefs which means throughout the county every cal fire station is uh supervised by a battalion chief in charge of that area um, we do have um, a training battalion we have uh, a command center battalion our command center is different from a dispatch center in the sense of we have fire captains assigned to the command center that are have the ability to um utilize command and control functions if they receive a 911 report of whatever uh, a structure fire or vehicle fire but it's actually worse than what the computer would uh, generate a response they have the ability being a command and control center to upgrade that dispatch to what they feel is appropriate we do have um we do cover the uh we're almost one of the largest cal fire units in the state we cover uh, approximately 2.3 million acres of state responsibility area, uh, SRA. And this within this county, we also uh, work with our counterparts. We work with uh, local government, law enforcement, BLM, Forest Service in our local districts. Um, the unit also is com compromised of um, Ukiah Air Attack Base stationed out of the airport where we have two air tankers and uh, an air attack plane, which is an OV-10 Bronco, commonly referred to as a spotter plane. Uh, up at headquarters, we have a hell attack program, um, which is soon going to be modified. We're expecting to receive the brand new Firehawk um, later this year. And we have uh, one current inmate camp 
and Chamberlain Creek has recently transitioned out of inmates and uh, we're leading the charge to make that the first uh, fire center uh, retrofit in the state of California. And my goal is to have firefighters, National Guard and Triple C units available and responding out of there by this summer. Um, I believe that encompasses most of the unit. I'm sure I forgot some stuff, but uh, that is the overall look of it. That is huge. And, and the scope, um, the geographic area that you discovered, is it literally Mendocino County or is it somewhat beyond that? Actually, great question. Um, obviously, Mendocino County geographically is greater in acreage. Um, the 2.3 million is what we protect. But because of access, such as um, Covalo, we do go into Trinity County and we do go into uh, Humboldt counties as well. Cool. You touched on this, but the, the coordination of these things, which I think you all are central to, is is pretty massive. There's, uh, can, you, can you give us a bit of that? You're interfacing with Forest Service, you're interfacing with the local fire districts, and probably a lot of other things that I can't imagine that are all involved in putting together a response. Yeah, uh, essentially every um, component of fire, law, and EMS, um, we work with um, uh, directly uh, and some indirectly, we either dispatch for that service or um, they're an immediate contact for us to work with that service. Um, BIA, BLM, law enforcement, uh, forest service, everybody um, here locally we work with. Um, and, and I just, while we're on this uh, topic, Scott, I also want to mention that um, in the past few years, after uh, working with these professionals, the EMS, our local law enforcement, our local fire districts, uh, Mendocino County is very fortunate. Um, they have absolutely great people working within the county and um, dedicating their careers in this county, and it shows each and every single year. So I just want to make sure everybody understands that. Um, the people we're working with are absolutely amazing. Yeah, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be able to attend some of the um, Mendocino County Fire Chiefs Association meetings. And uh, I know CAL FIRE is an integral part of that, as are the sheriffs. And um, I mean, there's a huge list of participating entities that, that chip in and collaborate there. And um, it is a really uh, great spirit of cooperation in the county. So, Absolutely. Um, I wanted to back up and sort of get a sense of a, a year in the life of CAL FIRE. Um, if you could, if you could maybe walk us a little bit through the seasons. I mean, I think we know fire season uh, and, and what your focus is there. But, um, you know, here we are sitting in the off season. Um, so what is, how does it shift? What are you, what are you, you know, what's taking up your time at the moment? And, and how does that transition through the year? Excellent question, Scott. Um, I guess I'll back up a little bit. When I started CDF in 1993, a typical fire season was about four months long, and we had ample time during the winter uh, for uh, training, uh, vacation, and preparation for summer. And for the past several years, 
we being we have been laying off our seasonals right around nine or ten months into the year. Um, our seasonals are almost going year round, which is <clears throat> fairly new to the department. So currently, if we're not assigned to an incident, which we staff up engines year round, uh, and throughout the state, our command center reports to the Northern Region Command Center, which is based out of Reading. And we have engines strategically placed throughout the state of California all year long. So if there is a Lake Orville dam rupture, we have dozers and engines available to respond. If we have a fire in Southern California, we have strike teams available. So we always maintain staffing 24-7-365. And our current off time now, um, for Mendocino unit, we are largely concentrating, one, on um, our VMP program, vegetation management program, and seeing what we could do in areas that need uh, some attention as fire breaks, shaded fuel breaks, road access, or actual controlled burns. There's a mixture of that. There's a mixture of uh, training, mandated annual training that everybody is uh, um, signed up for that we uh, try to get everybody into and in between the prevention aspect defensible space inspections and being uh, ready to respond to any emergency in the state our off time isn't really our off time anymore it's just time that we're not committed to uh, a fire yeah that um sort of brings up i think you led right into the next thing and, and maybe covered it but the scope of things um and we'll, we'll talk about prescribed burn a little down the road but there's uh, a huge component of vegetation management um there's also sort of the home inspection process that's another part of could you go into a little bit about what what cal fire's role in that and, and how that works yeah absolutely uh, under public resources code 4291 um Cal Fire has developed um, a inspection program, a defensible space inspection program. And within that program, it essentially has Cal Fire personnel that go out to areas of the community and inspect their properties. If they allow us in, they uh, allow us to inspect their properties. And we review the basics of defensible spacing. So for example, making sure the trees are trimmed, making sure the leaves are out of the gutters making sure we have uh, adequate areas of protection of uh, the grass is mowed up to 100 feet or the property line, things like that. Um, everybody in Mendocino County should have been exposed to it and should have at least seen us in their neighborhoods trying to make access. Um, but with that, with current uh, COVID-19, it's made it a little bit difficult to actually get personnel out to physical residences. But um, with that being said, uh, I also think it's a great time for uh, landowners and renters to be able to do self-inspections. And um, if you want an inspection, we can set it up so we could go out to that property and maintain social distancing and give guidance if needed. But all our defensible spacing, our LE100 program um, is all available online and um, we're more than willing to help out with any aspects of it. 
Yeah, and we'll, we'll circle back a little bit to, to that later on. I, there's a lot of great resources on, on the CAL FIRE website um, for that. In terms of that, I mean, I know just defensible space inspections are a huge workload. Even um, I've been working with the county a little bit on helping shape up an, a fire abatement ordinance uh, to give them some tools. And I know that um, Brook Trails has a, and a fairly aggressive program and even a full-time person on it that still is not able to sort of just keep up with that relatively small community. Um, how many people do you have that are, I mean, what kind of resource do you have that's attempting to cover all of Mendocino with, with that program? Well, out of our 10 stations, um, 16 fully staffed engine companies and our 300 personnel, uh, at the end of the day, everybody, all of our field personnel are available and do some sort of defensible space. Um, and, um, and enforcement really wouldn't be a, a good word for it, but uh, defensible space education is what we'll call it. And our engine companies, uh, you know, uh, are available to assist. Uh, in the current budget proposed by the governor, it sounds like each CAL FIRE unit will be receiving money for defensible space inspectors. Where their, that is their sole job for the year, and uh, we're very grateful for that as well. Cool. Um, yeah, there's some, I think, exciting budget news that maybe we'll get into coming up, and I'm going to sort of move into uh, sort of, I think that's a, a great job sort of setting the stage about what the unit is. Oops, Cobb, do you need to jump in? Just wanted everybody to know that if you just tuned in, this is KZYX Radio. We're listening to the FireSafe Mendocino radio show. Our host is Director Scott Craddy, and our guest today is Unit Chief George Gonzalez of CAL FIRE. Uh, and we're talking about all things that CAL FIRE does to serve our community, of which is a very broad list. And, yeah, let's continue. <laughs> Okay, but um, before we go into sort of the situation going forward, here's a kind of a, a bridging thing, which is COVID, which we haven't brought up yet. Um, and I just wanted to, since that's on everybody's minds as well, it's kind of kind of ranks right up there with fire. And interestingly enough, actually, I was on a um, uh, one of the county planning calls, and there was one of those word association things where you got to pick which thing worried you the most. And uh, despite the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic, uh, wildfire actually came up just ahead of pandemic on the list. So uh, those two things are neck and neck, and they um, obviously interact a lot. So if you could maybe just give us a little bit about how that's complicated this year's work for you and how, um, how you've adapted to it, and, and I guess most importantly, coming out of it, um, where you're at with with the vaccination process for for uh, for the for the Cal Fire folks? Great question, Scott. Um, we are at the point where we are working with the county, and I believe tomorrow officially we could start getting um, our vaccinations, um, and that'll be the first step in a multi-step process to getting vaccinations for the Cal Fire personnel. Now, the pandemic. COVID and fires. It has added an element of difficulty to our response. Um, for our agency, we're pretty accustomed to dealing with the unexpected and uh, with the odds against us. So 
Scott, I don't know if you had a chance um, to go to our incident basis summer out of Ukiah when we were fighting the August complex. If not, I'll get you on one of our incidents this summer. We implemented uh, several changes to our <clears throat> I'm sorry, our incident bases. One of them being a temperature check station, a walk through temperature check station as you report incident base. Once you enter incident base, uh, you will see a never-ending site of wash stations, um, alcohol, uh, hand wash stations, um, distancing guidelines, mask wearing, um, and everything possible to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Um, our standards have far increased as far as uh, uh, cleaning and sterilizing elements of the incident base, the chairs, the tables, which was already done above and beyond par. Now it goes through the roof as far as how many times a day we do it. Um, we do it per person now. So the second somebody sits in a seat and they get up, that seat, the table, everything gets washed and, and sterilized again. Um, mask wearing, uh, mandatory mask wearing for everybody, um, social distancing, and uh, we've really um, grown accustomed to that new way of life. And the incident base this summer, the August complex, um, which was a very long time frame, it, it was over a month in uh, as far as the incident base. Um, as far as I'm aware of, we didn't have a single COVID outbreak. And what we did notice as far as an agency, overall agency, is um, Usually, there'll be a cold or flu that runs through incident base and knocks out, you know, uh, 15, 20, 30 people. Um, but because of all the guidelines and the distancing, we noticed that um, the colds and the flus uh, were dramatically reduced this year. Fringe benefit. Um, yep. It's got to have kind of a tough reverse side and in, in just sort of maintaining the camaraderie though and the, the sort of it, spirit and the it, it is tough especially you know if you're on like an engine company and your partners you know your three other fellow firefighters are right there with you um you know there's always a window open there's mask wearing there's all these elements that make it difficult to communicate and as humans we're, we're pretty accustomed to communicating and um, verbalizing our thoughts specifically when you're going to an incident um, you know if you're dispatched to a fire you're supposed to read the smoke the color of the smoke the direction of the smoke things like that and articulate those in the engine as you respond that way the entire crew is informed upon your arrival we still do that but it it adds another element of difficulty while you're doing that thanks um, so I want to sort of look forward and, add, you know, one of the things that the Fire Safe Council is attempting to do more and more, we are a super tiny organization, but we have been uh, part of our, part of our mission this year has been attempting to make sure we get out to all parts of the county as much as possible. Um, and um, relative to that, I mean, there's something that you said at the last Fire Chiefs meeting that really struck me is that um, there are unlike kind of the way we're used to thinking of things in the past where there are cool pockets on the coast that we don't have to worry about fire so much that's just really not the case going forward anymore uh that kind of everything is in play and we need to start thinking differently about that um could you 
elaborate a bit on that and, and give us your thoughts about how how the how the landscape's changing in terms of what we need to how we need to defend the county? Yeah, um, historically, we did have um, areas that were a little bit more fire resistive. Um, some areas of the coast would only burn at certain time frames of the year, either early, early spring or late, late fall. Um, we used to have wet areas, uh, San, Luis, San Luis Obispo on the coastline, where uh, you wouldn't really get a large fire due to the overall general humidity of the coast, um, similar to our Fort Braggs and Point Arenas. Um, all that's changed. Uh, California is a dry bed. We have been going through a dry spell. We have been going through a drought. And all of California is susceptible to a fire. Coast, inland, the Sierras, uh, everywhere is susceptible to fire. Um, which I think if we tie it back into our local county, we have seen this uh, very close and near and dear to our hearts. We have had fires in this county that have never been seen before. Uh, in 2017, we had uh, a fire that burned from Potter Valley all the way into Redwood Valley in a few minutes, uh, consuming hundreds of homes and losing lives. Uh, 2018, we had the first uh, mega fire, which happened to be the largest fire in California history. And then uh, this year, we rewrote the record books again, unfortunately, with the largest fire in California history again. Um, it's so big that uh, it's commonly being referred to as the Giga Fire, historically, where we've had mega fires. But um, we've seen this right in our backyard. This is occurring within Mendocino County. And those are all indicators. If you could get a fire of that size and those rates of spread into Mendocino County, it means we could get fires anywhere in Mendocino County. We could get it on the coast. We could get it in the evenings. We can get it in the mornings. We can get it at night. It may not be a mega fire or a giga fire, but every square inch of Mendocino County is susceptible. Yeah, uh, frightening. Just a little aside on that, the, um, and, and, a, and a cue to everybody out there to make sure you keep doing your little bit of fire prep uh, during what seems like this off-season. I was uh, where uh, one of the things the Fire Safe Council is overseeing at the moment is a fuel break that's going in, uh, kind of extending the Cal Fire line behind Lover's Lane out towards the college behind Ukiah. And I was just looking at the December invoices for that and saw that we're, you know, we're, we've got a water buffalo out there um, in the middle of December. And I called to find out why we're doing that. And the answer is we had some red flag days in December. Um, so... It, you know, it, it's protocol, uh, which is something I would have never imagined in the past. So we all definitely need to need to have a, a heightened level. And, and speaking of heightened level, going into that, I mean, some of the good news is um, it's bridge to the funding situation for 2021, which I think we're just beginning to find out about. Uh, but as I understand, there's some good news. So are we? Are we? You know, are you looking at having to cut back things, or are you looking at uh, having some new resources and being able to add some things to the plate in 2021? 
Scott, I want to, before I answer that, I just want to thank you for having a water buffalo um, in December on your projects. Unfortunately, I think this is going to be the, the new normal for Mendocino County. Um, and that extends all the way out through construction companies, blacktop companies, whomever. I think it is the responsibility of us all to have water buffaloes in those areas where something could start. So thank you for doing it. And historically, no, we've never needed a water buffalo in December. It is almost unheard of. But um, I want to say two years ago uh, on the Thomas incident in Southern California, we were trying to um, uh, get people home for Christmas because people were actively engaged in fire suppression on December 23rd. And um, California's just changed. It's it's has changed. Um, budgets. Budgets are looking good. We did, as uh, Cal Fire employees, we did receive a pay cut. Uh, we're kind of accustomed to that being uh, state employees. But um, something that makes me extremely happy is the fact that our budget was not cut, which is fairly amazing. Um, not only did it not get cut, but um, Cal Fire participated in 16 budget change proposals, BCPs, with the governor's office. Some of them are solely CAL FIRE and uh, others are in combination with other state agencies. Um, and we are receiving on top of our budget, we are receiving additional monies um, for fire preparedness, fire prevention, um, additional staffing, and um, several elements, uh, a helicopter program, the new Firehawk program, uh, several elements uh, were actually um, made the governor's budget and he approved it. Therefore, CAL FIRE's budget was not cut, but it was actually in one-time payments. It was actually increased. Uh, um, for example, we have um, extra resource management personnel on one of the BCPs under resource management. Uh, we have greenhouse gas grants. We have um, CEQA um, components to continue to do VMPs and all the elements needed to conduct a, a, a VMP-controlled burn such as um, the California Environmental Qualities Act, such as the archaeological review contracts, which are all very time-consuming. Um, but we did receive monies in, in the 21 budget, um, and we were not cut, which is a major success for not only the department, but for every person in, in California. That is huge. I understand. I was on a, a readout for the, I, I understand it, I think, sort of billion dollar budget proposal that's coming out yesterday and um, it sounded like there's um, things have gotten very serious about shifting the mission from fire suppression to one that brings in a much bigger component of uh, forest health and, and mitigation and vegetation management work. Um, is that your impression as well? Yes, I'd say equally with fire suppression are all the other aspects um, of forest health and improvement, just like you stated. And those are some of the elements where Cal Fire seems to be a single-dimensional one-lane road. And then once you start peeling the layers back, you start to see within our resource management program and with our environmental studies programs um, that yes we do have fire we do have law enforcement but a, a major component uh, equal in size are the health of the forest and the resources of california the watersheds 
um, and uh, sustainable health for the forest under these extreme droughts that we're in. And um, our budget is reflecting that, and we really appreciate that. Um, let's see. I'm going to save a little bit to talk about Jackson at the end, but before we, a couple more things I want to squeeze in there. Um, I, we had the uh, Mendocino County Prescribed Burn Association on a show or two back, um, and prescribed fire seems to be sort of becoming universally acknowledged as a really important component of, of the program uh, going forward. Um, how are you seeing that evolve locally? Is there, um, are there, you know, what, what kind of, what kind of plans do you have for the season coming forward on, on prescribed burning? Um, we do have several projects, um, on our priority list within the unit. I want to say we have approximately 15 high visibility projects, um, that we are currently working on. It does take CAL FIRE. Um, it does take us a little bit from the start the inception of a project to actually putting fire on the ground. Um, many, many elements to it with CEQA, the ARC Review, Migrating Birds Act, things like that. Um, so it does take uh, in the area of 12 to 18 months to actually put a fire on the ground. But we are de definitely working on that. We are seeking uh, alternative routes um, for some of those avenues to expedite the system. And um, we also want to maintain what we have uh, on a lot of the projects and a lot of the projects we look for are in critical areas of the county that have life threat, structure threat, um, and also a good tactical advantage on where we could put a good fire break in, such as the west side of Ukiah, if you've seen that fire break and that VMP program. So with those, that's some of the stuff we're looking at. Um, However, that, that's stuff that Cal Fire gets involved in. Um, it wasn't too incredibly long ago, uh, 70s and 80s, where landowners used to conduct um, broadcast burns on their own property every single year. Um, and that is uh, a possibility within receiving a smoke management permit and uh, a Cal Fire permit. It's called the LE7 permit. And it allows you to do some broadcast burns on your property if you have the, if it's obviously meets the prescription of a burn day status and a smoke management plan, things like that. But that was a common practice in this county, and it's it's tremendously slowed down. I uh, I do think we have maybe two or three people in the county that still utilize this program, but not many. Um, a lot of residents could still be doing a lot of their broadcasting um, of their smaller parcels on their properties um, and do it quite successfully if done in the right time of year. Winter time, low intensity fire, and uh, consuming all the dead vegetation um, within their own property. So if you just tuned in, this is KZYX Radio. This is the Fire Safe Mendocino County Radio Show. My name is Cobb Engineering. In the studio, our host today is FireSafe Council Director Scott Craddy, and our guest is Unit Chief George Gonzalez of Cal Fire. Um, I have a, a question, George. In terms of the vegetation management program and Cal Fire suppression efforts, 
Have you seen an intersection there between, uh, you know, fire prevention efforts in recent years by, you know, fire safe councils locally and your own vegetation management programs and how that's affected uh, your suppression efforts at all? Great question. Um, we've had some um, great scenarios. I'll mention a, mention a recent one. Um, just before the start of the August complex on September 7th, 2020, we had a uh, vegetation fire that occurred up above rope trails. And we were able to utilize um, a lot of the prevention efforts that were done in that area, such as an alternative road for equipment access, a fire break, and a shaded fuel break. And these elements were actually utilized during that fire and that was part of a major success that fire had the ability to burn into the brook trails property proper where we have approximately 3500 homes and approximately 5000 people that live um, another example of that would have been during the 2018 siege uh, we had been conducting controlled burns and vegetation management programs in Hopland Research Extension Center out of Hopland. And um, one of our Helitac captains was able to, while fighting the fire uh, in 2018, was able to utilize a lot of these um, BMPs areas um, as tactical advantages where they're going, they're going on the helicopter, they'd land on one of these areas that had been burned and would use that land as a holding point for the oncoming fire. So we've had great success with them. We're just looking at um, doing more of these programs throughout the county. We have a very large, large county. Um, so we are looking to do more of them. And if private uh, people want to do more of it on their own uh, land, we uh, do support that. And we're uh, one phone call away from any questions they may have. Good question. Thank you. Yeah, just to piggyback off that for a second, that is certainly one of the central themes of the, the Fire Safe Council is that uh, you know there's just never going to be enough resources to have somebody come in and take care of everything for us. So, uh, and there's always going to be more that needs to be done to get ready. Uh, things are always growing back. Yeah. Maintenance, yeah. even if you've done it, uh, if you've you've got it taken care of perfectly, um, and your neighbor hasn't. You're still more in jeopardy. So there's room to go help your neighbor. Uh, but um, you know, it is incumbent on everybody to be looking at their defensible space and home hardening and and keeping the ingress and egress routes around them clear and participating with their neighborhood in these projects. And um, I do want to say definitely, um, I was going to, you, you already covered it, but uh, I know the prescribed burn association is, is getting more and more active. And, and I understand they did a project out in Anderson Valley this year and, you know, Cal Fire was there supporting uh, with backup on that. So I think that the uh, partnership is, they're waiting to, waiting to be had for people that are uh, getting active and taking care of their taking care of their projects. Absolutely, thank you for mentioning that. And I also want to mention uh, one last thing on the fire and brook trails. Uh, the fire name was the Oak Incident, um, but you mentioned ingress and egress, and that was probably one of the best exit scenarios i've seen in my career 
we had contra flow, so we had two lanes of traffic heading down off the Sherwood Road. We had emergency equipment accessing off the Neferco Road side of things um, that had been maintained and was part of a, a governor's project. Uh, the sheriff's department, Brook Trails community, everybody. I mean, that was as good as things get for a scenario like that. Um, very, very impressive. Yep, and a, and a bit of that is definitely a shout out to neighborhood organization uh, Sherwood Firewise slash Fire Safe Council has absolutely done tremendous work. They're kind of a model for uh, what can what can be absolutely. done. Um, as we're getting close to the end, and I want to give you a chance to wrap up, I did want to, I know um, the Jackson State Demonstration Forest and the timber processing plans there has been a big concern for folks on this radio station. There was uh, a program on the Ecology Hour uh, back on December 29th. I uh, had a group called Mendocino Trail Stewards uh, at mendocinotrailstewards.org if people want to check that out. Um, that raised a number of concerns ranging from the number of larger trees that are looking at being taken and the effect on recreational value of the forest uh, to concerns about regeneration in the face of changing climate uh, if we take things uh, at this point. Um, so there's really kind of a, a vast range of concerns. And I guess my, my first question is for the people who have those concerns, what's the best way to the most effective way they can communicate those and express those with CAL FIRE? What should, what should, to the extent they're out there concerned in organizing and have a lot of good input, what, what's the best way to bring that forward? Great question. The forest manager is Mike Powers. Um, Mike Powers is in charge of the uh, entire forest. He works for me. But along with that, he, he, he's one phone call away. But with that, um, several years ago, the Jackson Advisory group was established which is compromised of locals uh civilians not affiliated with cal fire um and all this stuff is vetted through that group all the logging programs uh, potential logging things like that is vetted through that group just so we have public buy-in as far as the actual uh um, concerns that we currently have some of them um, that were mentioned were fire concerns, um, and California is is um, susceptible to burning no matter what. What I have noticed in the past several years is areas that have had recent logging, we have better access roads in there, and by thinning, not complete, complete clear cut, but by thinning the, the forests, um, and taking out some of the dead and dying underlying type of uh, brush, things like that. It's actually, um, one, allowed our resources to get in there sooner, earlier, quicker because of the road system. And because of the thinning, it has made it so uh, the fires don't get well-established and or large. We've actually had some successes, I want to say, we had a fire in Comshi, and I don't remember the exact year, 2014, 2015, maybe 2016, um, out in Comshi, where um, it had been in a treated area as well. And um, the fire made it to that treated area, but it, it slowed down, and um, we were able to actually get great containment on those sides of the fire because of the um, road systems that were in there 
and the clarity of the fuel beds that were in there made it easier for our equipment to drop from the sky, helicopters and air tankers, and for the engines and dozers to get it in there on the ground. Um, so we are coming to the end, and um, I'm probably close enough that it's time to, to see if you have anything you want to say wrapping up in terms of priorities and challenges and things that uh, the, the, the good folks of Mendocino can do to keep keep up with what's going on at CAL FIRE if they're interested in doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, any others, any other things about uh, what, what they can do to help make sure that uh, we're, we're working together? Yeah, I, I think you mentioned it, Scott. Um, if we all reach out and contact the appropriate entity, whether it's uh, the prescribed fire council or Mendocino Fire Safe Council or Cal Fire, um, and put uh, topics up on the radar between all the entities that big thing for all of us to see. Um, and the biggest one for us, if uh, at the very end of the day, is have your escape routes, have them well known, practice them, see all of our recommendations as far as uh, defensible space inspections, um, home hardening, uh, vegetation management online, uh, fire.ca.gov and uh, readyforwildfire.org. Um, other than that, you could reach out to any CAL FIRE personnel, any of our battalion chiefs, anybody, and uh, we could get to hopefully any of your questions answered. And thank you very much, uh, Scott, for yourself for uh, allowing us to get some time on the radio. And hopefully we do this again before fire season. Sounds great. Appreciate your time. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Um, and yeah, reemphasize those the websites that uh, Chief Gonzalez mentioned are well worth checking out. Um, the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council is uh, firesafemendocino.org, and we also have a wealth of material there, including our new uh, home hardening step-by-step -step video series. Um, so on this rainy afternoon, if you're stuck at home, um, those are some good places to do some browsing. Um, thank you so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council 